Welcome to the Upping Your Elvis podcast with Chris and Jim, where we are exploring how to get your energy right to get your extraordinary on. So welcome to the Upping Your Elvis podcast. And um, this month, we've got um, a very special guest. We've got Tanya Gooding here, who has been helping us with our energy experiments, uh, which is all about helping us do a good digital detox. We have noticed that even the guys at Elvis who are quite tuned to energy have got into some appalling habits around all things digital. So Tanya's been helping us out. Uh, so Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, and, and thank you for guiding us through um, through this rather uh, tricky world of the, the of digital. I'm just interested, before we dive in, how did you get to be the digital detox maven that you are? Uh, well, I think probably because I was a digital addict. <laughs> so I, um, I've been running or had been running a digital business for over 20 years. Right. So I've been online. 24 7 before most people were I think I set my business up in 95 um so I think I started to notice really addictive tendencies around using screens probably three to four years before that kind of filtered into the general you know zeitgeist and everybody talking about it um and because I've worked in the digital industry I know that all the tricks that are used to keep us hooked to our screens are deliberate. They're not oh, accidental. Yeah. And I know it's not about lack of willpower. And I know it's not about laziness and us just not being able to, you know, put our screens down. So I launched Time to Log Off, which is very focused on kind of digital well-being, digital wellness, um, about five years ago. Um, but really my mantra is balance because I still love the digital world. Um, sure. I use it. I wouldn't want it to go away. Uh, I just think we all need to think a bit more closely about how we're using it. I, well, I totally agree. And, and um, what, what I loved is your insights into it because, I, you know, we've all had an experiment, I think, with, um, with having a detox, but it tends to be a bit black and white. And what I've loved is the way that you've layered the insights to give us, a, I guess, more fulfilling experience and a lot more of an understanding as to what works and what doesn't. So I, I recommend anyone listening to this to check out Time to, to Log Off. There's some really, really useful stuff on there. But um, for us, what, what uh, we've been doing is we've basically taken a month um, and we've obviously been doing energy experiments now since January. We've done breathing and we've done meditation and we've done you know all sorts of great things around exercise and fasting. And I've, I personally found this to be one of the most fulfilling ones that I've experienced because until I did it, I didn't realize how bad I was, truth be told. Mm -hmm. I had an inkling, but I did learn quite a lot from it. So what we did is we um, we had a number of kind of base level challenges, and then we added some in as we went through the month. And we got Jim on the podcast uh, who's been through it as well. So let's start, Jim. You know, what, what are your big overall kind of outtakes from this, this experiment? Well... Hello, I'm Jim, and I'm a digital addict. <laughs> Welcome, Jim. So um, I find actually I found this one of the most challenging of the energy experiments we've done so far, which I guess is is a good thing. But I didn't realise how deep rooted my habits were and how entrenched my routines were around how I used predominantly my my mobile phone. 
Um, and so, so thank you for waking me up a little bit to, to that. Uh, I've still got a way to go, I would say. Um, I, and I compare it to when I have done uh, dry January in the past um, and realize how, how much I drink as well. But I actually find it more challenging uh, doing this because whereas you don't carry a pint of bitter around with you uh, every day when you're trying to do dry January, your mobile device is always in your back pocket. So mm. I think what you said, Tanya, it's a bit like carrying a bar of chocolate round when you're trying to uh, diet. The temptation's always there. And so it's in those weak moments, you know, when you're sitting on the loo, when you're on the tube, when you're waiting for somebody, that, that sort of subconscious habit of just pulling your phone out and just tapping into it, which is the thing that's really surprised me. And I'm still fight, fighting with that. But I have loved all the rules and I've loved the challenges and I'm getting better at it. So I'm proud to say I've got my, my most creative moment in the day back, which is sitting on the loo. Um, so, so thank you for that. And I've started to become a bit of a, a pub-born evangelist because the people who follow me have been asking me about it uh, and they're fascinated. So I'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, I'm starting to become, I've got, I've swung from one end to the other and now I'm a bit of an evangelist about it all. So look, I, I, I love the fact that uh, you've now got the Lou uh, moments back, Jim, and what a creative moment that can be. But it's, it's kind of bizarre how um, the, these things creep into your everyday um, routines. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We didn't have phones and didn't take them to the loo. And now if you, if you talk to people about it, that's pretty much what they do every time they go. And, and, and they, they sit there for a bit longer than they need to, uh, just checking up, you know, some emails and some social feeds. The next, next thing you know, uh, you know, they've realized they've been sucked into the wormhole of digital. So getting rid of that is fantastic for, for, for breaking habits. I also love the really basic one, which I, actually I started a couple of years ago. We, we travel a lot um, on business. And I realized that I was using my phone for an alarm clock uh, only when I was away in hotels. So I bought myself a little analog brawn alarm clock and I take that everywhere I go. And I, I love the fact that, you know, when I turn off my phone, then it is off and I don't rely on it to wake me up because it, it does take away that distraction. So some of those little basics I found particularly useful, Tanya. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, they're, they're, they're a good thing just to have as discipline, aren't they? I think the alarm clock is a kind of no-brainer. Um, yeah. And once you do it and you see the difference, um, you know, it's just it just cuts down on so much of that kind of useless scrolling. I, I mean, I read a, a stat, I think it's on the Time to Log Off website, that said that 80% of people who use their phone as an alarm clock check it in the middle of the night. So those moments oh, when oh. we're kind of in that really light sleep and we might go off into a deep sleep again. People are just rolling over and picking their phones up at that time and kind of scrolling yeah. through social media and email at two, three in the morning. And that's having a huge impact on sleep and energy, you know, connecting back into what you've been talking about. Um, and we know that we're really sleep deprived, the kind of current generation of both adults and children. And I think that habit of checking phones in the night is really to blame. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So Totally agree with that. So that, those, those are just good basic disciplines. Another one that we are huge fans of, Tanya, uh, which is something that's been part of uh, upping your Elvis for some years now, is in never having a phone during a one-to-one. -one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. so, oh, so many of our clients, you sit down and the first thing they do is put their phone on the table. Um, 
and, and, and the subconscious message obviously is, you know, I'm with you until that beeps because that's more important than you. And it's, yeah. uh, it just gets in the way, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, you, the message is you're not quite interesting enough or I anticipate, <laughs> I anticipate that you're not going to be quite interesting enough. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've noticed this, uh, this month is by, by forcing myself not to have my phone around, you, you become much more aware of other people and how often they use their tech. Absolutely. I was at a conference uh, yesterday and just observing people using their tech while I, you know, I very consciously turned mine off and had it in my bag. And, you know, people, people are just the habitual pattern of just looking at a phone and then putting it back down again and doing it every couple of minutes. I'm sure it's very subconscious, but you just become so much more aware of the bad habits when you are, you know, trying out these experiments for yourself. Yeah, I think most people don't actually realize what they're doing. I mean, I, agree with you. I think it's unconscious. It's reflexive. It's just kind of it's there. So I'm going to keep picking it up and checking it. Um, yeah. And it's only turn a mirror to that by maybe not doing it yourself that people are suddenly made aware um one of the the things that's really helped me actually and i know this is something that chris has been doing as well and again it's so simple one of the things that you look at you when you look when you put your phone up you look at the first screen of your phone yeah and so if you can just take the, the social media apps away from your first screen and onto your second or your third when you look at it you're just looking at, you know, the things that you want to see rather than those distractions. And I have to say, I think that's that's had a bit of an impact on uh, me then having the temptation to dive into a notification on a social media app. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you keep the, the first screen for things that are genuinely useful, yeah. the second for entertainment. And a, and a further layer on that, depending on how many social media apps you have, is that if you organise them into folders... Um, even on your second screen and you put your most kind of your most triggering app on the second page of the folder, that means that even when you go to that second screen and see your little social media folder, you're not seeing that particular little mini icon. Oh, yeah, I like that. So you're just introducing a bit of friction every time. It's just a few steps, yeah. that, you know, a few kind of barriers that you put in place to give yourself enough time to say, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I found this a revelation, Tanya. I, I, I had no idea how um, how profound it would be just hiding social media on my back screen. So mm. I, I've 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 got a number of monitors that tell me what I'm doing and how many hours I'm doing. I've I've gone to my social media ten times less as a result, which I find extraordinary. To 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 the to the extent where actually I said to Ross this week, maybe I'll come off Instagram. <laughs> Which is which is kind of a revelation for me. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a great tip. I've, I've loved it. But there, there have been some things we found more challenging, I believe, Jim. So, so, so what were the ones that you found the toughest? Um. So I would say having a central place to put your phone. Yeah. I, mainly because it's the maybe the layout of the flat, but. I found that a struggle. So it tends to stay in my pocket rather than have it in a bucket somewhere. I know Ross, who, who works with us, uh, that's been working really well for him. But it, it always seems to end up in my pocket. <laughs> it always seems to be with me versus... Uh, I think that's probably the hardest one. Um, that said, one of the easiest ones was not having it for the weekend or, or going out and not having it at all. 
So that I find that really quite easy. The, the more challenging one was having it in a central place and having to go back to, to, to it. So when it's near me, it's, it tends to be on me. But actually, if I leave it behind, I, I don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I, find, I find that a bit of a challenge, largely because um, I've realized that my phone pretty much runs so much of my life in my home. So the doorbell is attached to my phone. The, the Sonos is attached to my phone. Yeah. There are so many things in the house that basically run through the phone. And I've realized that I've, I've just made it even more addictive. So I, I, I've been trying, Tana, tell me if this is a good idea or not. I've been trying to use an iPad more for that instead, a big bulky one where it's a bit more static. Is that the sort of thing we should be trying? I think that's a good idea. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that there's any one thing anyone should be trying. I think if you found something that works for you, then definitely you should adopt it. I think the whole the whole thing about our digital habits is it's just like our food habits, that one diet or one way of eating is not going to fit all. You know, it's not the same as alcohol. It's not the same as smoking. Um, you know, you mentioned dry January earlier. You know, all those things we can just stop using. But where things involve moderation and self-control and kind of fitting in with our lifestyles, we're going to have to all find different ways. But I really like the idea of putting, you know, all your home, your smart home apps on something that, you know, feels more like a controller, as you say. It's more like your kind yeah. of home control port rather than a device that then, you know, sucks you into social media. I think that's a really neat idea. Yeah. And, and, and actually, so interesting, you've got those apps to fu- for your functions in your house, Chris. The other thing is I would, I would definitely move to a, a, a dumb phone if it wasn't for the fact that my, uh, uh, my iPhone takes such good photographs and it has Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then buy a map and buy a camera because obviously there's more stuff to carry around. I need a dumb phone that takes good photos and doesn't get me lost in London. And then, you know, I could free myself a little bit, but um, we're not there yet. Interesting you mention camera and photographs because there is actually, um, well, there are a couple of pieces of research that seem to suggest that our obsession with taking photographs of everything is actually impacting on our ability to remember those moments. Research has shown that if we don't photograph an event or we don't video it, we have more powerful recall of it. Wow. So we, you know, there's there's a lot of research on what this digital tech is actually doing to our brains and our abilities. But I find that really interesting because I was a compulsive iPhone photographer um, and I've stopped doing it. And I do think it's definitely had an impact. I do think that when I'm going to events, when I'm experiencing things on holiday, I've got a much kind of richer experience because I'm not constantly mm. snapping it. Yeah. 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 And, and actually, a lot of the motivation to snap is just to purely stick it up on Instagram. So yeah. actually, if you're not spending all your time on there, then then you free yourself. So I... I I'm a bit with with Jim on the the dumb phone thing. So I, I I've got a punked phone after talking to you, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went off on holiday uh, with amazing um, uh, you know belief that this was going to change my life, and and the, the the ridiculous things started to happen to me that made it quite difficult. So I was taking my SIM out of my iPhone, sticking it into the punked, and then you know we go off, we get in the car, and I go right, where should we go? And then, of course, I go, oh, I've got no sat-nav because the sat-nav's actually in my phone. And I'd have to take the SIM out and stick it back in my phone. So I, I kept 
juggling sometimes you know five six times a day um which after a while you go do you know what i i might just revert to my other phone and try and behave myself better but the the days that i didn't have one of those digital challenges and i kept it with me i i would say the amount of interruptions that i had on my day were probably a 20th of what i'd usually have so there is definitely something in the dumb phone but you do need to work out how to live with it uh, when you're so used to other things. Yeah, and I think make it a bit easier for yourself. You know, if if you decide to use a dumb phone on a day where you're taking yourself off somewhere you've not been before and you need help with navigation, maybe that's not the best day. No, but it's amazing. I, I hadn't even thought about it. I hadn't thought how reliant I was on that phone until you took it away, and then it suddenly becomes incredibly apparent. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually sorry. I'm just laughing because... Uh, I'm sitting in my front room uh, looking out on a very busy pavement and three people independently have just walked past uh, with their eye typing on their, while looking at their iPhones and two of them have almost just popped into each other. So. And actually it's happening right outside my window. It's happening <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it is, yeah. In fact, funny enough, there's a call on the way to nursery every morning. There is a, uh, there's a, a junction that Lil and I call Zombie, zombie Corner where every, every day we turn left and almost every day we almost hit someone who's crossing the road while looking at their phone. I'm sure there must be some statistics out there about people who have, you know, died because of their, because they just walked out into the road while looking at their tech. Do you know what there is, actually? It's called distracted walking. Yeah. And the US are saying that deaths and injuries from distracted walking are really soaring over the last couple of years. So, yeah, there's some really quite sad stuff about people just walking out and not, you know, paying attention. Yeah. Well, my wife and I will continue to try and not add to that uh, statistic as we go to nursery every day. Yeah. Keep off Zombie Corner, Jim. Keep off Zombie Corner, yeah. And, and another another part of um of, of the phone thing that I've really enjoyed is we we have made some rules. So um we haven't done the central thing particularly well, but we have just banned looking at phones in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, which, which I've really found a great benefit from because it's amazing, you know, how many times. Although you know when we actually sit and eat, we wouldn't have phones, but but actually it's quite a, a time for social interaction when you're cooking and you're just mm-hmm. catching up on the day. And it's very easy for people to be on phones before the meal. And actually just banning those there um, in, in, a, in a cool way, not in a kind of, you know, authoritarian way, means that we're just getting so much more of that kind of free flow conversation that we weren't having. I've, I've really enjoyed the benefit of that of, as far as the family and the connection is concerned. Mm. So I, if you were to give, and I'm, I'm opening this up to both of you, um, you know, a couple of top tips on how to engage in good digital detox um, for listeners who haven't done this obviously we've got tiny with you know expertise we've got jim who's just done it live for the first time what would be your best ones uh i think well number one i would say you've just got to try it because the anticipation of being without your phone sends most people into complete panic um but the experience of doing it i would say for most people i know it's you know 99 percent positive um with some yeah. practical elements that you've pointed out you know kind of notwithstanding so i would say to everybody give it a go but take really small steps so when people hear digital detox they think that means a weekend off screens i know that was part of your challenge but we kind of built up to it um or a week away or you know kind of really long periods of time and i would just say build little mini 
digital detox moments into your day and just try it. Because actually, you know, the evidence is that we're not leaving longer than about four minutes before we're touching our phones, I think. Um, Emails are answered within six seconds now, you know, the average email. So, you know, just putting it down for 10 minutes um, when you're going into the kitchen or maybe, you know, eating your lunch without your phone, those little small steps are going to give you a taster that might then encourage you to actually try it out for a bit longer. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Jim, where are you at? I would say move your social media apps to page two or page three and then put them in folders. I love that. So I think that's just a really simple thing to do uh, that I think has a bit of an impact. Uh, And then I'm with you, uh, Tanya. I'd go identify one habit that uh, you can play with. So keep it simple. So for me, it's the loo. I always take it to the loo. So every time I go to the loo, I just remember that's a little trigger for me to remember to put put my phone down and uh, it's a bit of time away. And obviously then you, you feel the benefits of it and then you can move it to the next level. That would be my second top tip. So identify one habit where you know you always use it and then just attack that one uh, and see what it gives you back. And then the, the third one I'd give is um, set a standard that the people that you hang out with all buy into and then you hold yourselves accountable to it. And that could be at home. So I love yours, Chris, about we don't have phones in the kitchen now and you can all police each other on that because obviously then it's more likely to happen. And I love the fact that Ross has got uh, a central bin where they all the phones go. And again, you can police each other on that. And then, of course, when you're at work, you can then have a work standard that you can choose. Again, we don't have tech on the table when we have face, face-to-face, for an example, and set yourself that as, as something that you, that you can play with. Um, and what I'd be interested in, Tanya, is um, what examples have you seen of businesses um, sort of putting some standards in place to manage tech better have you seen some examples where it's worked well yeah absolutely I mean I I do a lot of work with companies in that area and I would say last year was kind of a watershed year for you know some really big organizations saying they needed actually a digital etiquette or you know kind of tech habits charter Um, and I would say devices in meetings is one big area that everybody's looking at not just um it's not just smartphones, it's laptops. You know, it kind of became acceptable didn't it, a few years ago that everyone took their laptop into a meeting. Um, so it's, think- yeah. it's thinking about whether some meetings can be device free. It's thinking about areas in the office. Um, and also, I think email, everyone's really overloaded with email. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of email. 28% of our working day is now spent processing email. So that's just churning through. Um, so it's asking everybody to think, does this need to be a piece of email communication? Um, and lots of companies are actually kind of drawing up new rules about email, you know, about talking, about picking up the phone, about maybe shock horror, wandering over to someone's desk, um, trying to cut back. So we, you know, the whole purpose of this is to use, to continue to use the tech in a way that enhances our productivity and efficiency um, and doesn't detract from it. And we know that in the workplace, just the same as at home, building relationships is really important. Um, and actually, if we're hiding behind devices and we're emailing constantly and not talking to people, we're not really building relationships. So I think that's a big focus uh, of what companies 
in all sorts of sectors are looking at. Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's huge. And, you know, as, as you say, we, we totally agree. We don't want to turn back time. Tech is fantastic. It helps us lead amazing lives, do great work. It's just learning to live with it better. And I found these experiments over the last month quite, as I say, revelatory. I had no idea how, how hooked I was on certain things and how such simple changes in behavior could, could not just get me away from it, but free up my thinking so that actually I felt less stressed. I felt like I had more time to do things that counted. I certainly became more aware of the world in which I lived. And I, when you start to notice, you know, the trigger of boredom, I'm in a queue, I'm waiting for a plane, I've done, and just pick up your phone just because that's what you do. And then stopping doing that and spending time doing something more useful, thinking, having a conversation, doing something more useful. I think it's just, it's, it's been fantastic. I will not let this one go. And, um, and for those those people listening in, I do recommend go on to Time to Log Off. Uh, check out um, Tanya's book off. Uh, very, very simple things that you can do that I'm sure make a massive difference to your life. And again, a wonderful energy experiment. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you.